Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends and my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, we have a new business partnership, and we're starting with that because that is the most important thing right now. Um, regardless of what anybody tells you about relationships or life or Politics, really the only thing that matters is is business. And um, that's why I'm starting with it, because we have a new relationship, Piper, and I want you to tell the audience about who uh, we formed an alliance with in the business world. Yeah, I appreciated how you set that up, because everybody knows that when you're in a new relationship, it's like the first thing out of your <laughs> mouth. It's always the, you Absolutely. just can't help but tell people about it. And since this is a new one, <laughs> we're just right up front with it. Uh, our new partner, our new relationship is, is with the uh, Christian Standard Bible. So if you go to csbible.com, you can check them out. Um, it is a relatively new translation um, that uh, maybe just in the last four or five years has come out. And it's one that I've been using basically that whole time, and I love it. So it's it's an effort to be accurate to the original languages while being readable. So, you know, if you know anything about Bible translation, you know that the more accurate it gets to the original languages, sometimes the English gets a little stilted and it doesn't read real smoothly. Or if you go more readable, you often lose some of the the nuances from Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, etc. So for those of you who care nothing about that, it's a really readable, accurate Bible. For those of you who care a lot about that, it's a really accurate, readable Bible. Mm. Um, and uh, they actually have a great deal going on for the month of February. So when this episode releases, it'll be almost February. Uh, if you go to Lifeway.com, because uh, the CSB is is published out of Lifeway, um, and then you can get any CSB Bible edition, any single CSB Bible. So one of their nicest study Bibles with the goat skin and whatever, or just like your, your more basic editions, uh, you can get it for 40% off using the code CSBFEB2021. And we'll share this on social media. I'll put it in the show notes because that's a lot to remember. But again, lifeway.com, 40% off any edition. CSBFEB2021 is the coupon code. And uh, I will encourage anybody to check out their Spurgeon Study Bible. Uh, Dude, that's it's one a that great I'm, Bible. Yeah, it's one that I'm using right now. And it's, I don't even think it's fair to call it a study Bible. It's more like a, a read-along where you read the full scripture text, and then there's just notes from Spurgeon's sermons on certain passages that, uh, that, that open it up. And that's what I'm using right now. Started, I jumped back into it at the beginning of the year, and I love it. So again, CSB, uh, you, you're uh, lifeway.com. You can get any CSB edition for 40% off using the code CSBFEB, as in February 2021, or go to csbible.com to check it out, learn more. Um, I love these Bibles. I think they'll, uh, they'll come in. I think they'll, they'll be a great addition to anybody who's, uh, who's kind of tired or looking for a change or whatever. Excellent. Pipe, well said. I've, uh, I've been using that Spurgeon study Bible for a couple of years since I think we partnered with them on a live show. Uh, way back when did. when that was happening. And uh, yeah, love that Bible. Got one for my mom for, for Christmas this year. Um, it's a great one. So uh, yeah, shout out the good people at the CSB um, and Lifeway. All right, boys. Um, we have limited time this morning. 
because we're busy people. We're very important people. However, um, we're going to kind of riff today on this meme, how it started, how it's going. Uh, and we got a few listener suggested topics, some things that they wanted us to vamp about uh, in light of that. So uh, let's get it kicked off. All right. Um, how we started, how it's going. Let's start with how we met. Um, and, and all three of us probably have different recollections about this. Um, so how we started, how it's going, let's start with how we met. Um, Ronald, I'm going to let you kick us off. Okay. Cause you've been quiet because it's been kind of the me and pipe show because of the business. Um, but I'm going to let you kick us off on this one. All right. Uh, okay. Thanks baby. I appreciate the support, man. <laughs> yeah. Baby, you always get a little thin when I I frame it that way, don't you? It it sort of, it it impinges on like, yeah, the autonomy and the the kind of three of us being equal thing. I didn't mean it that way, okay? Yeah, no, I didn't take it that way. I I think I took more offense at when you and Pipe do business as if I'm not part of the business. Well, you are part of the business. Yeah, but that's not how you just just said it. I didn't mean it that way either. It's not like, it's not like Pipe and I have a have an office that we go to in suits every day. And, Baby, like, I'm just deal. going off of your words. I'm just mm-hmm. going off of your words. Um, well, words matter. No, but don't seriously, they, how, how they do matter. Things. They do matter. Yeah. Okay, so my wreck, all, in all seriousness, because obviously yeah. I'm just joking, but in all wreck, um, gosh, I remember, so what I remember is this, boys. I remember there being this uh, this pod called The Happy Rant. And, uh, and I remember um, kind of seeing pipe sitting awkwardly on a couch somewhere mm. and uh, the always awkward Stephen Altrogi uh, somewhere else. And y- you guys like vamping out on this new pod. And I think I saw an initial clip of it for about 41 seconds. And that was all I ever saw of it. Dude, and right, then, that was our average thing. view for those in general, actually 41 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> when it was you and Trogue's yeah, uh, pipe, it was a, it was a video thing, right? Yeah, I don't even know if those exist anywhere. Steven might have uh, killed them all out of embarrassment. It was more but... of a vlog. It was almost vloggy. In- yeah, it, it, all went, it? it yeah. all went up on YouTube. And, you know, we were using, like, laptop cameras. And I don't even think we were using any sort of external microphone. So it was just talking into a laptop with that tinny sound. So- and then... Yeah, I was camped out in like this this sage green love seat in my apartment <laughs> living room, and uh, Stephen was—I don't know—he was probably at his version of a home office or something like that. So, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't real high production quality. Interesting. Yeah, and I remember my first thought was when I saw that forty-one second clip, I just thought, "Why are they doing it?" Because T, it reminded me of our reformatory days, which was like, <laughs> "Why are they? Why are they making a video out of this?" Just recording, dude, right? Yeah, and I remember just thinking like, oh man, oh man, but you know, God bless them. It sounds interesting, like what they're diving into. And then, and then, um, and then I remember, um, man, at there's some no, point. Can can I jump in here real quick and just say there's nothing more encouraging than hearing somebody go, oh, God bless them, right? Uh, that really lifts my spirit. Literally, Thank the you. most condescending thing. <laughs> well, it was like this. It was it was God bless them in the sense that like, gosh, man, I've lived that. I don't ever want to yeah. do it again. It was that yeah. kind of God bless them. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the quality of the program. It was just, oh man, I just hate that format so much, you know. And um, and then obviously at some point I had heard Big T that you got added to the mix. I don't obviously since I wasn't a part of it at the time. I don't remember how far in that was yeah. that you that you dived in. Maybe. Maybe a couple of apps, or maybe a couple of yeah. Pipe, how far in was it? It was only a handful of apps, and by that time, you guys were off video. Because I think one of my one of my hard nos was like no video. 
Um, yeah, my my recollection was is that uh, so we did it. We yeah, we maybe did three to five videos, not very many. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had a very small number of people who enjoyed it, and a couple of them reached out and they said, "You guys really ought to be doing this as a podcast," because at that point, podcasts were a thing, um, but. They were not a thing that everybody and their cousin was doing about, you know, having celiac disease or whatever. They were just, it was really like there was, uh, what's the guy's name? Mark, uh, the comedian who does the long form interviews. There was like the nerdist. There was all these sort of like early adopter long form things. And then there was like all the NPR stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was, and then there was like sermons. And so nobody was doing, not nobody. Nobody in the Christian space was doing what we were trying to do. So we moved to podcast, and I thought that the way that it went, at least the way that it went on our side, was Stephen said, what do you think about moving to podcast? I said, great. I don't like video. Um, and he said, I think it would work better with three people. I know this guy named Ted. I'll reach out to him, which I have no idea how, how he knew you or if he yeah. knew you or if that was a Stephenism of, uh-huh. hey, I, I know of a guy named Ted. Right. I think it was a Stephenism in the sense that, like, we had never met, and still to this day, like Trogues and I have never been in the same room together. Like we've never shared yeah, me, space in that me way. either. I'd, we did a podcast with him for what, like three years, and yeah, I, I've never, never seen him, him in yeah. person. Yeah, so, I mean, I wonder if he meant Ted Cluck when he said Ted. I, maybe when he said, yeah, he, he probably somebody he had some other it. Ted. Right, there was some <laughs> other Ted in mind, and he accidentally just. Like texted, emailed the wrong Ted, and then here we are. It's all history. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Serendipitous, baby. Um, Yeah, no, that's 100% pipe. So I knew Trogues. Because remember, Trogues was trying to, like, get his website going. And I think we were were both kind of freelancing for him on the level of, like, he would ask me to write stuff. And I'd be like, "I I don't write anything for free anymore. And he'd be like, well, I can't pay you exactly. And I, w- I would literally be like, just send me this item that I want. So I'd be like, I want the new whatever record. And I'll I'll do the article if you send it to me. So we had this, we had this <laughs> weird had a, relationship. You had a barter system for writing. We had a barter system. Like, like I'll write your thing if you send me some stuff. And, um, and it was awkward. And it's funny. It's been so long. Like, I, I only have, like, vague recollections of this. But... I remember one of my other stipulations with Trogues was you don't get to edit anything that I write. <laughs> so like whatever I send you, it goes in that way, which is, which is sort of the cost of doing business. Like if you're not going to pay me, then, then you don't get to like touch my stuff. I mean, at and that remember, point he's like, I thought I was trying to reach out to Ted Decker. Exactly. dude. This Ted Decker would be so much nicer to work with in this a-hole, you know, and there's nothing I can do now. He's in. exactly. He's I'm, I'm locked in. Yeah. I'm locked in. So that's how it started. And I remember those first eps with Trogues. So, like, Trogues was still the host at that time. So, yeah, I remember, like, long stretches of, yeah, just sitting in silence and, like, sometimes opening my mail or, like, eating an apple on the air. And Yeah, I have... Dude, you I have, hold on, he, T. You guys have mentioned that before, like, the long the long stretches of silence. Like, what? Yeah. Why, why was that a thing and what, like, what, what precipitated it? Like... Dude, I mean, I feel like we have to, I feel like we would have to work overtime to even create like a millisecond of silence on this pod. How was it that you guys had so much silence? Well, I don't think we had silence as far as like dead air. There would just be times where Trogues would, he would get into something with pipe and it would either be something that 
I didn't have any interest in or wasn't a part of or whatever. And sometimes I would just like this will come out. as a, this will come as a great shock to listeners that there are things that Ted just doesn't give a rat's behind about. <laughs> That's true. So I'd like walk out to the mailbox and get the mail, and um, <laughs> it kind of became just a part of the program. Um, but then when Tro- when Trogs left, and I I kind of stepped into the hosting role, I had to be a little more dialed in. You don't have that a luxury. Lot of it, a yeah, lot of it had to do with. Trogues loved kind of edited and formatted everything. So like Ted yeah. was talking about, you can't edit my writing stuff. Trogues loved lists, you know, seven of these and nine of these. And like, how should Christians think about these? Like kind of poking at the controversies and yep. that kind of thing. And so every episode was a structure, you know, hey, let's, yeah. uh, let's do it. Let's do a famous pastor draft kind of thing. Right. And, uh, which, you know, as you can imagine, works with Ted about one out of five times because that's the one that struck his fancy. And the other four, he's like, nah, how about a Nature Valley granola bar loudly into a microphone? <laughs> exactly. Um, and was, so then once Ted took over as host, which was when you joined the show, Ronnie, it, it became the much more uh, kind of free-flowing stream of consciousness or stream of lack of consciousness that it is now. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of been the evolution. So I'd, I would say... It started in a much more ragged place, and now it's in a much more professional radio place because it's it's the three of us, and it's seamless. Well, um, boys, I remember um, I remember the first time I forget who was gone. Like I think Trogues asked me to come into guest host. I forget who I was replacing. I think Big T, it was you. You were just out for a week. It might have been something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think it was you, Pipe, and it was Trogues. And I'm sitting, like, I'm sitting at this, I'm sitting in the parking lot because I don't know, I don't know why it led to this circumstance, but I think he wanted me to like, it was last minute. He said, can you do this tomorrow? I said, yeah, but I'm not going to be in front of my laptop. I'm like on the road. So I'm sitting in this parking lot at this like crazy, like outdoor mall with my phone recording. I got pipe. I got drugs on this thing. And I, I just remember, and I remember thinking, because I don't know that I had heard an ep up to that point, other than that 41 seconds from like a year mm-hmm. prior, you know, but I do remember thinking that I thought, man, I did think that Trogues, I mean, given like what he was aiming for, I thought he did a pretty good job at just kind of, again, how that, that typical Trogues things where he takes something and he kind of pokes fun at it and he very mm-hmm. lightly and innocently kind of makes a mockery of it. And I have yeah. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what the topic was that day. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what the topic was last week or what the topic was before we started this show. Um, but um, I remember thinking, you know, I mean, he he kind of pulls it off as as a host. I mean, he's he's definitely no big T, am I right, Pipe? But I mean, I thought like what he did and how he did <laughs> it, it, it worked in its own in its own format. You know. Dude, it's funny you mention all that because like one recollection that I have of the Trogues years, and this was more a function of I was just like adjuncting, teaching at different places, working crazy hours. Like I remember taping the show in parking lots, just like sitting right. in my car. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, there was less there was less kind of a an emphasis on quality audio and more of an emphasis on like just getting it done. And, yeah, it uh, was like it was like uh, iPhones and earbuds. And, it was, yeah, you know, totally. and then so like you'd kind of jump on and off Wi-Fi or yep. your cell phone connection, and I mean it was slightly better than phone quality because right. we were using a web app, not just not just calling in, but but it wasn't very good. And yeah, there was no there was no sort of quality or I think I think Trogues did all the editing too until Resonate 
started as this fledgling business and he worked it out with them that we would promo them and then we would get free editing for a while. Yeah. I mean, Dude, if, it's if, incredible to think how our listeners are spoiled now with the level oh, of audio quality and embarrassment of riches. We, so, I mean, that just we so dedicatedly bring to the table every week. It's I don't even know what to say about that. Dude, if Trokes had like asked for a little bit of money in that additional in that initial deal with Resonate, we'd probably be rich now. I mean, given that we launched yeah, that like and put buying, them on the map. buying shares or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's my goodness. By the time that company went, you know, went public. Yeah, yeah they're like publicly <laughs> traded now. Nasdaq, you know. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, again, because of our of our program. Well, yeah, because of our push. We allowed you know. them to go public. Dude, if we had gotten a little back end up front. I mean, boys, I got a little back end. My shares are, are paying handsomely. I don't know. I don't know where you guys were at in that. <laughs> Your so, resident recording shares. Oh, man. I, that's, you know. I have two questions to follow up on the how we met thing. Um, yeah. First, Ronnie, how in the world did you know Steven? Like he was like, I remember Ted was, Ted was out and he was, you know, and he was like, oh, I know this guy named Ronnie. And to me, it was like when he said, I know this guy named Ted, I was like, ah, do you really? Or are we just like cold calling some guy named Ronnie and saying, welcome to the show? Dude, I don't know. I think he knew me like he knew Ted. Yeah. Like, I, do, I don't know how he knew me. Seriously, I don't. I don't know. I don't have any recollection of that. Yeah. I remember just hearing from him. I don't know. He contacted me. I like. I don't. I forget. There's. There's some. There's some angle there. Ob. You know. Like I don't. It's something. I forget because I remember when I first talked to him, and I felt like I had already talked to him. Like I had talked to him before he asked me to guest on the ramp, but like I don't. Like, I don't even remember how that all happened. It's weird. We live in a small world, so it's. Things cross over. Like, I barely remember how me and Ted connected. You know what I mean? It's been so yeah. long. So it's just yeah. like in Pi. Right, so, I mean, I think I remember how we connected. And it was through this, obviously. Like, there was yeah. no connection before that. So that one's pretty straightforward. But Trove yep. is very convoluted. And then and then we did the show for – so I think I did the show for like three or probably three years with Stephen and Ted well, two of two and a half of those was Steven before Ted and I met in person, which was yeah. uh, I think we recorded an episode at this little crappy conference room at the old Lifeway office and then went out and grabbed food and or beverages because you were in town to visit family. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for sure. But I feel like I was already part of I feel like that was, yeah, I was you were part of it. You were part of the show then. But then, Ronnie, you and I didn't meet in person until our first live show. Oh, yeah. At, that was. Yeah, yeah. Well, was it together for the rant? Was that the first one we did, or live? Yeah, in that was in in Louisville when yeah. we uh, got our pictures yeah. taken with all the like woodcutting yeah, supplies in that like, church. Yeah, band saws and and lumberjack <laughs> right. gear, which every church needs, by the way. Um, yeah, no, that was that was cool, and um, yeah, I remember. So that was in the old Lifeway building pipe that we met up yeah. in that that dingy little conference room and, and Which irony of ironies together. is now an Amazon operations office or is going to be once it's done being constructed. Interesting. See what man. happened after you guys met there. Do you see what that prompted? Magical. Yeah. Yeah. Bus- we've, we've been, yeah, we've been business catalysts ever since, you know, um, making all right, and boys. breaking careers, making and breaking careers, buying and selling people, you know, um, just the usual. All right, let's, let's do another one. How we started, or how it started, how it's going. Um, let's do how we all started writing. I think this is an interesting one in light of the how it started, how it's going thing, because it's it's going to be a little uneven, I think. 
Um, let's start pipe with you. Uh, how you started writing, how you started, how it's going. Um, I, so growing up, I always sort of had a knack for writing just in the sense Mm -hmm. of it's the part of school that came the easiest. I always enjoyed the essay tests more than the objective, you know, multiple choice kind of stuff. It just, it, it seemed easier to me. Um, but I never had the confidence to write things for publication. Mm -hmm. I dabbled in it a little bit when I could make it very non-personal, you know, so Mm -hmm. writing something about, you know, kind of a, a devotional reflection for a youth group newsletter when I was, you know, on a junior, junior in high school or something. Or, and then I got to college and, and, uh, would submit a thing here, here and there to the college newspaper, but it was always sort of sarcasm, humor types of posts, mm-hmm. um, relying much more on wit than on um, bringing in my own, you know, kind of my own voice and personal experience. <clears throat> right. And then I just didn't write anything for anybody other than like copywriting for work for maybe seven or eight years. So between like age 20 and 27. Um, and, a, and a, so much of that, and this, you know, at, at the risk of glossing over a lot of details, so much of that was just where I was personally and spiritually, kind of a super mm-hmm. uh, insecure, not real secure in my faith, yeah. uh, and, and not at a good place. Like, I didn't have anything to say. I didn't know what it meant to say it. I had a lot of observations about what other people said. I worked in publishing, and I, I spent a lot of time thinking I could probably do better than this author, author did. Um, yeah. But I never tried, and I was never constructive mm. in that. It was always just kind of being a snot from a distance. Mm. And so it, it, was, uh, it was actually a lot of uh, spiritual growth through a lot of spiritual failures that led me to kind of have the confidence to say, oh, if this is a thing that God has given me to be able to do, it's, it's fine to do it, and uh, I don't need to there, – there doesn't need to be the same level of insecurity or – uh, fear and, um, you know, and there are people who will read it. So there's, there is some benefit in it. So I just started writing, uh, on my own website in maybe 2011, something like that. Um, and yeah, just sort of like your typical, typical blog posts, not sort of screeds against stuff, but observations on this and thinking about this and read this book. And this is my interaction with it. And just sort of working out the writing muscles and then started getting some opportunities from other places. So, Hey, would you contribute an article to this website or this magazine? Um, and after a while, at that point I was working two jobs, um, to try to make ends meet and raise a young family. And finally I got to the point where I could drop the second job and make enough writing through a hundred dollars here and $40 there and $30 here and one or two regular gigs that that became kind of a second job. And then it was, it was probably two or three years before I, I attempted my first book and got it picked up by cook. And after that, it just, I I think it was after my second book was published. No, probably after my third that I really felt really comfortable in my own skin as a writer and free Mm -hmm. to do what you said, Ted, which is I'm not doing anything for free at this point. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like I need to write to to keep my name out there as much as just yeah. I'll write when the opportunity suits me. Man, that's awesome. That's really good, Pipe. I don't. I mean, it's weird as as friends. You keep like 
learning stuff about each other. I don't know that I had fully like yeah. heard the story of, of your writing career and how you got started. That's uh that's a, a good one. And shout out to you for like moving out of the space of like, I'm just going to be the jaded insecure critic, like sniping at other people from afar, because I think that's where a lot of armchair writers just leave it, you know, and they, they never move past that. So uh, and it's, it's so yeah. it, at the risk of sounding utterly snobby, it's such derivative writing because you never right. have an original thought. You just wait to pounce on something. Yeah. You know? Insecure writing too, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The the absolutely. Baby, what about you in writing? How it started, how it's going. Well, man, I, you know, so when I was, uh, this would have been way back. Um, I, I, I sort of got my foot in it, um, I had some Christian publications that were having me write uh, record reviews and interviewing bands and, uh, you know, writing out interviews. So that's kind of how I yeah. got my start just in terms of just typing things out for publications. And, and so um, I, have a, I have a question on that, man. And I, I don't want to step yeah. on your thing, but I'm, I'm interested Not in this. As a musician, was it hard for you to write like critical reviews of other musicians? Yeah. I mean, so you had to keep, so like everything you had to keep it, you had to keep it pretty, you know, you had to keep it kind of PG in the sense that you had to be largely encouraging and you could be, you know, have something in there that said, Hey, you know, I, you know, I think it, you know, it it misses here in this area a little bit. I would have loved to have heard more, you know, him flesh this out a little more, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, largely you just had to be kind of encouraging, but there's kind of an art to writing that way too, where you're, it's it's almost like pastoral writing in general, where you're always trying to to kind of glean what's good from it, which is really weird when you think of what's what, what a review is supposed to be, which is it's supposed to ha- contain some critique. But yeah. you know, you you always had to be softballing this stuff. So that's kind of sure, how sure. I just got. And I forget how I got. I forget. I forget. There was something I did that made it so I I got sort of the I, I got sort of the attention of some of these pubs that started reaching out and I started doing more of it and I don't remember what it was because I was still very active making my own records and going on tour right. and doing all that stuff but then I would get all this side work you know doing doing those kinds of things to fill in the gaps and then so that led all the way into and again T I don't know how we we connected somewhere online somehow I I literally don't remember how that happened because it's been a it's, connected it has in been a, a cracker barrel us. baby. Well, but we had already connect, but I mean, we had already like known each other. We had connected online and said, Hey, what's going on? And, and so there was some, there was something there that happened with that. And then you asked me, and this is where you come into it. You asked me to write the foreword for a sort of a music oriented book for Moody that, that uh, killed that, that never hit the shelves. I wrote the foreword. <laughs> Moody for killed it. it. And that, yeah. And that was kind of how we, that was kind of how our relationship sort of cemented a little bit was through that process. Yeah. Dude, that's and, right. Uh, I forgot that yeah. it was related to that. Baby, what was the project. name of that book? Tell everybody what the name of that book was, because I don't have any recollection. Dude, I don't have any re- recollection either, to be oh, honest. Oh, you don't? Okay. It had some really... Wasn't it like 365 days? It was It was one of those yeah. books that it took a year to write because it was like almost like a journal on your... Yeah, it was like, supposed to be a, year, a book where I listened to nothing. A year with nothing. Christian music or something. Yeah. yeah, I spent like a year with Christian music, like... Yeah. listening to Christian radio, going to shows and stuff, and I turned oh. it in, and they were... Well, there's there's no way Moody was going to publish that, because Moody, like, the yeah. publisher is is bosom buddies with the the radio program, and totally. they, you know, like... Totally. They, they love the, you know, what is his name? Like, 
Travis Cottrell or whatever kind of stuff. Right, and right. yeah, there's just yeah, you were never going to get a book here, published that has snarky things to say about Christian music. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was it was a disaster from. What? But Ted, didn't they? Years. I mean, they had to have had an idea what you were doing before. You, I mean, they did. Dude, they, they did, did because they knew me, and they had already done like. Yeah. Yeah, they had already done like five books with me at the time, so they knew like how I rolled. But baby, I, I really want to remember the title now because I feel like it had a really good title and a really like fresh cover idea. But doggone it, I can't remember it. I've put and it, it was out of kind my of mind. Like, wasn't it like a wasn't it like a take on like that one book like li- like that woman wrote about like living living like a kosher Jew for a year. It was like, it was like, it was kind of a, yeah, wasn't dude, it, kind it was of like kind of a, a version like of that? And I was yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. a I bunch of, the name of that book either. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of first person experiential. And it was funny, dude. It was really, really funny. And I felt like it and, was, and it was of, really cool. It was a really good book. Yeah. Speaking to what pipe said about just being in a different place spiritually, unfortunately, I was a much more cynical and less sanctified person at that time so i'm sure that was reflected in the writing but it but it wasn't just a a hit piece either i think it had some some pathos and sense of it at all i thought it was really funny really an accurate take of just like a a guy that was kind of like that a guy that was a little bit older but kind of like living the life that like a lot of like college students would be living so it kind of had that like vibe to it kind of looking at it with that with you know more mature eye it was actually really funny yeah um, yeah, I remember no, I appreciate being, it, what baby. year would that have been? I'm trying to figure out if it would have overlapped with my time at Moody or if it was before I got there. And yeah, 2010, so, wasn't it? 2010, I, 2011, yeah. I was going to say 2010, baby. Yeah. Um, and I could be wrong, like give or take a year or two on either side. But I, it was I right in that pocket, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it, it, it would have been just before I got there because I was there 2011 to 2013. Pipe, if I, if I said names of like who my editors and stuff were on that on that project, you would know them. And I, I would actually be interested off the air to like see what you thought of some of these people who uh, who I'm, I'm oh, good with. I, yeah, I suspect I could give you names of the people I'm a hundred percent sure killed that uh, project. Oh, dude, so. I want. Let's do this off the air. Let's let's for sure do it. <laughs> All right, um, we'll gossip off the air. We'll gossip well, the, off so, the air. So this is what happened to me, and then we can get into your story real quick. T is yeah, sure, sure. You and me. So we that thing happened. It didn't happen. Then you and I somehow connected at a Cracker Barrel because we had this opportunity to start the reformatory. <laughs> oh, and then yeah. we, and then we ended up writing, we ended up doing a co-write on a TGC article called Where Rock Stars Go to Die. And it, and it was, it kind of went, it kind of was like one of the most read articles that year on TGC or, or something Dude, like that's that. That's wild. Was it? I'm really? all, I'm all, yeah, I'm all messed up about that, but it was, mm. no, it got, it got a ton of attention because it was before everybody was kind of writing about that. So, I mean, you, you can find those articles, yeah. you know, you, you know, like they're, they're like sugar right now. But, um, yeah. but back then it was kind of one of those things because we'd had a lot of conversations about that. And, yeah, yeah. um, so we co-wrote the article and then that just led into, uh, the idea for, uh, when believers don't believe, which ended up being finding God in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. When parkourists don't parkour, <laughs> when parkourists um, don't parkour. Yeah, dude. Which, which I think was a, like I contend to this day, even though not a lot of people read that book, I think it was a really good book. Um, and it's the one that like when I have students or people that I know who are like struggling with 
this or that, I'll, I'll sometimes grab that one and give it to him. So, you know, I, uh, I know I still, I don't mind that book. And what's funny is that remember it came out, it came out on Bethany house when Bethany was trying to, to move past fiction. So we were, we were a little uh, guinea pigging Bethany yeah. with like a more, a more serious, like Christian living book when they, they were just trying right. to like begin their journey into that. That's that man. So y'all paved the way for like Al Moeller to publish his books with them. We totally paved the way. We did. Oh, Moeller. He owes you residuals, man. Absolutely. He owes us big. Yeah. Absolutely he does. Yeah. Well, let's get on the horn, baby, with Moeller's people post-haste and uh, yeah, get a little piece, I'm, of, I'm a, piece of the action. I'm emailing, I'm emailing, emailing Southern right now as we speak. You know? There you go. We'll us, That's good. We'll get them on the phone right after the program. They will be very Absolutely. responsive. I Just trust me. It'll be great. Yeah. No, it won't even be a thing. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> Real quick, how it started, how it's going with my writing, and then we got to wrap it because we've got other business to do. Um, I've told this story in, in various other places, so I'll keep it short. Uh, got hurt in college playing football, had no inkling of wanting to be a writer, thinking about being a writer, but uh, had a, a very encouraging professor, also uh, a very cute girl, my wife, um, say that I should give it a shot. So uh, I ended up writing this thing. So this would have been like the year immediately after college. We lived in Lithuania uh, and I wrote poetry, believe it or not, which is a little embarrassing. Uh, but I got some po- some poems published and we got back. And I remember the feeling, and you guys, you guys probably remember this, the high of like the acceptance letter. And this was back when, especially in poetry, everything was done via like, old school mail. So like not even email, you would like put an envelope together with some submissions and send it out. And then like six months later, you'd get a a letter back. And, uh, the first acceptance letter was like a huge deal. I remember that feeling awesome. So as far as how it started versus how it's going, it felt way more awesome back then. Um, and I do, I do, I miss it. You know, it was, it was a big feeling. It was a big moment. So you know, kind of got that whole poetry thing out of my system and then ended up writing this thing, this satirical sports easing. And it was just three articles, no graphics, no website, no nothing. But it went out weekly via email. It was called The Field Judge, Satire for the Discerning Sports Fan. And I wrote it with two buddies from college um, who have both gone on to do, uh, you know, important things. But at the time, we were just you know, 22-year-old guys who hated our jobs. So uh, we put this thing together, sent it out. That got picked up by ESPN, and that was kind of the... Bye, baby. Love you. Um, That was kind of the big break. Yeah, that was my wife. I love you guys, too, just in a different way. Um, So, yeah, that was was sort of the big start with, with writing in a significant way, like for an audience. And... That was really fun for a while, and it really built momentum. You know, I was able to like parlay that into my first book deal, and um, and then there was a about a decade there where I was doing like two two and a half books a year, and just you know working working myself to the bone, kind of beating my brains out trying to do it, and um, that was probably the apex, to be honest. So as far as how it started, how it's going. There was probably an apex in there around, you know, 2015 where I was getting published all the time and doing a bunch of books. And then I got the academic job here and it's kind of, it's tailed off a little bit, but I would say in a good way. Um, 
And I, I honestly don't know if it'll ever get back to where it was as far as like um, kind of being in demand, like after the D young books came out, um, you know, there was, there was more demand and a little bit more platform, but, or as, uh, or as I like to call them the cluck books. Well, yeah, I, that's how we refer oh, to them too. Yeah. It's, it, it's so funny. You mentioned that in our house. That's how we, that's how we talk about those books as well. But, uh, you mean in your but, house, you don't say the de young books. We don't dude. I don't allow anyone. I would wash my kids mouths out with soap when they would refer to them as the de young books as children. They were allowed to swear. Cause they, just, cause they often, just cause they the often discuss book. those. I'm sure as young children. Exactly. Exactly. You know, as they're sitting around the fire at the at the hearth, you know, talking about books that they've, you know, been aware of. But uh, but yeah, that's Dad, kind of I the deal. Mom man. say to young book. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then the bar of soap would come out, um, right. and it'd be time yeah. for a little discipline, a little tough love. Right. Um, right. You know how it works. But uh, but yeah, boys, that's the deal. I think it's interesting listening to your story, thinking back on mine, and I didn't hear quite as much of this in Ronnie's, but I know that he it, there, there's probably elements. How much a job you hate uh, inspires <laughs> totally. creativity? Totally, totally. Yeah. That's a that's a big uh, a big lever, and it and now I think we're all three probably in jobs that we that we like, you know, or or even love in some cases, and um, yeah, I know for me there's less of a a desire to like escape into the writing, but, um, still writing, still having fun with it, you know, messing around with movie stuff. So hopefully how it's going will be better than ever. But, uh, but at the same time, I don't care if that makes sense. Um, it's just nice to be doing it. Ted, can you do uh, one more bonus, how it started, how it's going? And this can be real quick, sure. but, uh, yeah, this was quick, a listener yeah. one. Um, yeah. how did Ted start on social media? And, uh, and then how it's going. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's not going at all, but how, how it started was probably how everybody else started, which is, I don't know when Facebook became a thing. When was that? Like 2005 or six or, um, you know, I got on it. Um, and, and as luck would have it, because I know we're, we're time constrained. This is probably a, a, a way more nuanced and serious conversation in that, um, in a nutshell, it was just, it caused me to sin in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways that were surprising, but that, you know, that were totally my fault. Right. So, um, the, the envy, the bitterness, the, the self aggrandizement, you know, um, seeking my approval in other people, uh, it just became a real, a real nasty stew of some of those things that, that sort of culminated in like 2009, 2010, and I'm, I'm getting the years wrong, but, um, but yeah, that's when I got rid of it. And, um, you know, that it's been good. So, um, now it's, it's hard to, in a 2021 context, it's hard to escape it. Like, even if you're not, um, on it, using it, kind of stewing in it day by day, it's, it's hard to get away from it just because so much of our life is, um, lived there. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the, the quick version. Um, but yeah, like most things in the Christian life, it's a, it's a bit more complicated, you know, and, and there's more that I could say about it, but, um, it was something and I'll, I'll, I'll put a, a fine point on it here and then wrap it. It's something that I felt like the Lord wanted me to do walking away from it. And there have been 
just a couple other instances in my life where I really felt conviction slash like a movement of the spirit to do something. And one has been getting off of social media. Another has been confessing sin in some form or fashion. And the third one actually weirdly was quitting boxing. Um, I just felt like I, I had to, to get out for the good of my brain and my family. So those are the kind of the three times where I felt like the Lord was really, um, urging me to do something. And, um, and yeah, that's the, that's the deal, man. But, um, good questions, boys. Good app. This was fun, man. And, uh, I feel like it's fun to like keep learning stuff about each other at the, at the risk of. And talk about ourselves. Oh, totally. I mean, what a, what a pleasure, you know? (laughs) Um, let's be honest. Always fun at the end of the day to talk about ourselves and to talk about the CSB Bible, which we encourage everyone to go out and buy. And we've done what we always do, boys, in that we've wandered to and fro throughout uh, topics that have largely to do with us. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.